0: hi everyone welcome back to the commercial real estate library this is episode number 13 seniors housing we're talking about seniors housing today and we're really lucky to be joined by the foremost expert on seniors housing in all of canada steve Susky. steve suske is the founder of chartwell residences retirement residences uh, which is the largest seniors housing operator in all of Canada. Uh, He's also the founder of uh, many other ventures, which we will get into. Uh, But essentially, anybody who's entering the space, anybody who's in the retirement or seniors housing space, consult Steve because he's he's the top guy and he's a super nice guy, so we were lucky to be joined by him. Uh, Before we get into it, I just wanted to say a quick shout out to our sponsor, KMB Law. KMB Law are corporate real estate lawyers that specialize in the acquisition disposition and financing of real estate. And we all have our lawyers that, you know, help us with depending on what life stage you're at, your your will or buying your first home or whatever it may be. But for Commercial real estate matters. You need a commercial real estate specialist. So for the same reason that you use a commercial real estate agent like uh, me or some of my colleagues, you're going to want to use a commercial real estate lawyer. Canby Law are located close by, as long as you're in Toronto, they're in, uh, they're in just the West End. Uh, and. They're an excellent resource. So, for those brokers, they're a good sounding board to bounce ideas off of. They don't monetize every every single conversation that you have with them. Uh, and if you're actually executing a transaction, they're diligent, they're quick, uh, and they provide good value. KMB Law, KMBLaw.com. Check them out. Enjoy the interview. Thanks, guys. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Commercial Real Estate Library. I'm Dama Taminawala, you know Sim Minocha, and with us today we're joined by Steve Susky, founder of Susky Capital, Chartwell, uh, and a number of other uh, great organizations. Um, Sim, you can can take us away here.
1: Yeah, sure thing. I I figured we might as well just uh, get right into it because Steve actually uh, was kind enough back when and myself were at ivy to be the first sponsor for ivy real estate club at the time uh so he's helped us you're out you're still I sponsoring
2: that puppy oh, <laughs> nice. there
1: you go actually uh we hired for avena capital who i work with one of the ex-presidents uh, there and he said that they started a, a dinner with you every year um you take out a bunch of the real estate yeah, club, um,
2: right? every year we d- we host uh two dinners at jonathan's and Oakville. Oh, okay. And nice. we call it a uh, five by fifteen, so we get fifteen students, HBAs, MBAs, yep. and we uh, get five or six. Uh, sometimes it gets up to seven uh, alumni from Ivy who have specialized in real estate. Yeah. So we get developers, we get lenders, we get uh, uh, brokers, investment bankers. So it's it's a good. So everybody yeah, shares. So, so we've been doing that. I think we're this this coming year will be our fourth year, so we're pretty excited about that.
1: Great. <laughs> well, I mean, you did receive the uh, the Ivy Distinction Award, I believe, uh, a Distinguished Service Award as an alumni. So uh, th- that service has been recognized.
2: Yeah, I always believe you got to give it back. When I g- went into Ivy, I didn't know a debit from a credit. St- <laughs> <laughs> still yeah. don't. But yeah, uh, we're still learning too. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Ivy was a great, uh, great uh, leaping stone for my career. And yeah. And uh, so mm-hmm. I, I, I don't mind giving back.
1: Great. Um, well, S- uh, Steve, you're what's known as a senior's housing guru and, and have a lot of experience on that side of the business. Yeah, they call me
2: the dean of senior housing. Yeah, <laughs> the senior's housing guru. Yeah.
1: yeah. So well, I mean we'll, we'll go with that. I mean, uh, <laughs> why don't we start right with one of the coolest things that I had remembered hearing from you in the past, and that was about Chartwell REIT and the whole process of taking that uh, public, etc. What was involved in in doing that and and why did you decide to found it and and go that route
2: right um i got involved with uh senior housing in 1992 i was uh uh with a company called the marcel group which evolved into marcel trust which became ds marcel yeah. rbc mm-hmm. and uh so i was working on the project just over here at airmails lodge uh Air yeah. Mills and parkway uh and uh so i uh uh, we d- we did that deal and uh, and it was a uh, for, it was a uh, two warring factions partners were warring, uh, the there was a retirement home 147 bed retirement home, and an 87 bed nursing home and they had skewed they had f- sold off the retirement home to a bunch of investors, but okay. they skewed all the fixed cost over to the uh, to the to the investors so the. Hmm. The um, l- nursing home was a cash cow. Nursing homes aren't that. There are a whole bunch of other things, but right, they aren't yes. cash cows, and these poor all old right. investors are writing checks every month to make the mortgage payments. So World War III erupted, and uh, I went in there and settled all the lawsuits. And for a million, uh, for consideration of ten million dollars I put CMHC-insured financing on mm-hmm. there for 11 million dollars So we put fift- 500 in our jeans and 500 in the project, and I was in mm-hmm. senior housing. Mm-hmm. I s- to get back to your question, I soon realized that senior housing is a very, very capital-intensive pro- project. And, uh, you know, for instance, we're building now that uh, we need to p- when we build a 140-suite retirement home now, Yeah. Uh, we need at least $10 million of equity. So it's very capital-intensive. Mm-hmm. So uh, I worked uh, through the 90s and uh, trying to get aligned with capital, decided I had to do it myself. And founded Chartwell uh, Senior's Housing REIT at the time, so that was uh, 2003. And Chartwell, I'm proud to say, is the largest owner and operator of senior housing yeah. in uh, in Canada.
0: And uh, so that was a, g- a great legacy to leave behind. And and when you say when you say founded Chartwell, what goes into that? Like what? Uh, a lot of sw-
2: sweat equity, a lot of uh, <laughs> yeah. nervous nights. Who knew that uh, doing a public company was so expensive? You know, and uh, and all that whole risk was, and the uh, the costs you know for underwriters' costs and appraisal fees and audit fees uh, was it was just enormous. But we lucked out. We we were able to put together a really strong syndicate. We were four times oversold, and uh, we uh, we we hit the ground running really well. So it was about a two hundred fifty million dollar raise, market cap, Mm -hmm. and now I think Chartwell is into the several billions of market Mm -hmm. cap. So,
1: And and Susky Capital was founded prior to that, correct? Uh, You were on the capital side, private equity side before that? Yeah,
2: I've been always, uh, Susky Capital uh, is uh, a private equity company, and now today we principally funding uh, about 40 what we call strategic development partners who are friends of mine who Mm. are developing senior housing all over North America. Right. And uh, we provide not only the mortgage debt, but the MES financing and the equity. And we take pieces of deals going through.
1: So is it like LP stakes and limited partnership stakes inside the projects and you're using a general partner? Yeah, that's
2: that's what we're doing. So, uh, And uh, that's really in senior housing. Senior housing is uh, a great business to go in because – we have the demographics working with us like never before. We have yeah. uh, the baby boom is 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 coming. When I got into the business in uh, '92, I used to tell the lenders, "Well, on a new project, is a 24-36 tw- uh, month lease up." Uh, we still tell the lenders that 24-36 right. months, yes. but we're leasing up in less than a year now, and that all speaks to the the baby boom and the and the demographic hockey stick that's happening all over North America. Right. We have a facility in Bowmanville that we, uh, it's 140 suites, and uh, we literally uh, leased it up in
0: one year, and, and that was really great. Can you speak to the, s- so like that, I mean, I think when like I when I was going through Ivy, I was thinking about all these different business ideas, especially in the o- entrepreneurship club, mm-hmm. and just, okay, well, a business, for the baby boomers would be perfect. But obviously, not everybody gets into seniors housing. It's really difficult.
2: Well <coughs> Touch wood, there's a lot of barriers to entry to senior housing. Uh, as I said, one regulatory? of the- Regulatory? Not necessarily regulatory, but uh, the lenders won't lend lend to you unless you have a track record. Yeah, you uh, so operate in the past. Yeah, you know, so we sure. have to operate these things. You need, as I said earlier, $10 million in cash to do, these t- to do one project. You have to have <laughs> the, the covenants to be able to support the first mortgage and the, and the, the MES lenders mm-hmm. uh, but the lenders won't won't play ball with you if you uh, if you are um, a rookie but for right. instance I'll, yes. give the, I'll give you give a perfect example uh, everybody uh, knows a great reputation of Tridell mm-hmm. and this is before our chartwell days and Char- uh, Tridell uh, uh, had to come to us and we managed their first f- several projects for them till they learned the business, but right. they needed, the, the lenders were saving even to try it out. Y- yeah. You have to, <laughs> uh, yeah. you know, you, you, you have to have some experience. So right. we taught them for so first that was three, four So that m-
1: was Dell Manor Communities, correct? That's yes, right. At that time. Okay. Okay. Uh, and just to sort of speak more off those demographic trends that you're referring to, uh, how is it that you determine the number of beds of the correct suite mix and which markets that you're looking to enter uh, based on your experience in the past?
2: Okay, we, we, we uh, take it a very scientific approach, if you will. Uh, so the first thing that we do is one of my companies, MTCO, which is uh, stationed out of this office uh, and concentrates around the GTA.
1: What does that stand for MTCO? Oh,
2: measure twice, cut once. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so we nice, we okay. To, yeah, scientific, so that's, that's yeah. Pretty
2: scientific. Uh, but what we do is we uh, go and, and uh, retain CBRE, like, I know you're with different firms, but CBRE has yeah. a very strong and very senior senior housing expertise. Mm. Fair and enough. And they do market feasibilities Easy. and appraisals. And so we say to the, the head guy on the feasibility side, his name's Paul Marsh, we say to Paul, can you give us a, uh, tell us the top 80 markets in uh, the province of Ontario? And he go, does, does his studies, uh, he looks at, you know, demographics. Right. Uh, wealth of uh, the uh, population, of neighbors, yeah. and things like right. that, and mm-hmm. comes and tell us, tells us uh, the top not uh, top eighty in order uh, right. with the best market right now. The best market right now is Burlington. So anybody out there who has ah. a piece of land in Burlington, please go. come and see me. We'll leave Steve's contact <laughs> info <laughs> up yeah. below. Exactly. Just so yeah, exactly. You can reach out to uh to his but Burlington not just this year, but for the f- f- foreseeable future. Is it really because people could pay the rents? Mm-hmm. Mm. Uh, there, there's growth out there and. The Residents are, are elderly, so uh, so that's good. So we send our scouts out to say, go find a site in Burlington or Hamilton. or mm. We're doing a deal in Stony Creek now, and there was a big market for there. So that's the first thing we do. Then we find the land. Uh, we tie it up. U- usually n- none of these projects are zoned for retirement homes. Okay. Uh, so there's a zoning process to have to go, and they're usually mm-hmm. commercial or residential, and we have to take it through that. So we well, usually
0: get terms with the landowner o- to... What is the retirement zoning? Like that's a specific zoning in itself. Yeah, yeah. Okay. It's a residential. Uh, sometimes they call institutional. Yeah.
2: Uh, but uh, we we it's work with the, we work with the land l- vendors to get terms. So we get it to a site plan approval, then we close on it, and then uh, by that time we have. Uh, we've done all the work Mm -hmm. we have the uh, working drawings and we build it and then uh, and then we lease it up and then our 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 what we do is uh, we sell to the big players like chartwell or Mm -hmm. sienna or whatever in ajax we did a deal um, where we uh, opened it in june and we sold it to chartwell in september it was 50 percent full (laughs) Was what they we were, call b-
1: we're buying now with fifty percent occupants. Well, we we gave wow. them
2: an NOI guarantee, which we, okay. we guaranteed the uh, the yeah, net operating um, yeah. for mm-hmm. uh, for a year or two, uh, but we were able to get full buck out of it, so that was yeah. a, g- a nice winner. It was a they bought it for fifty-six million and w- cost us
0: thirty, so you that's why we're in the least development. On the whole right. Right. Okay. right, and. Uh, and just Sim's question: Can you speak to the, the ideal number of units? Like I know, okay. um, like a lot of these smaller guys, uh, you know, you wouldn't be interested in like a sixty-unit building, would you? Or no,
2: unless it's uh, memory care, private paid mm. memory care, which just are higher, e- higher. You know, so prices. what we concentrate on, or Susque Capital, we we get a treat of the week uh, these days is seniors' apartments, Kay. and we're doing seniors' apartments all over all over the place. So is
1: that independent living then? No, it is that uh, it's not.
2: It's it's apartments with very little care, with uh, the residents could cook in their rooms. We may have a bistro. Okay. Oftentimes, it's connected to one of our independent living and assisted living retirement homes. So uh, the seniors' apartments are attractive because the uh, eldest daughter says to mom, "It's it's time, mom. Dad's died, or he've had a fall." And she doesn't want to go into retirement home. But the senior, do- uh, senior uh, the eldest daughter gets satisfaction. She, she's in an uh, apartment with seniors connected to, a, uh, like we have a project in Collingwood, and that the seniors' apartments went leased up first. Right. Uh, because the eldest daughter knew that if something happened, mom could call over to the retirement home and staff would come, et cetera. And if they needed meals or medication, they could go and get that. So there was a right. sense of comfort. So that's the first thing that we do. We uh, uh, and we do independent living and assisted living, and then we also do private pay memory care. We don't finance long term care at all, at all, at all. There's really no money in long term care. It's mm-hmm. uh, it's government uh, licensed, funded, and uh, regulated, and it's not really where we want to be. Some okay. people make a living there, but to get back to your question, so the seniors' apartments can be anywhere from uh, in Collingwood is 50 units. It could go up to 120 uh, independent living, assisted living. The suites to buck there is 120 to 140. Hmm. And the private pay memory care that we do is around uh, 60 to 90. Okay. That's getting on the high side,
0: but around 80. Do you mind? I actually don't know what that is. What is private paid memory care? Uh, it's a ge- dedicated to uh, residents who have
2: an uh, advanced stage of Alzheimer's or dementia. Okay. And uh, they can't, and that's the biggest problem in the Canadian healthcare system right now. That uh, if mom has, or grandma, in your case your grandma has uh, dementia uh, and she's in a hospital, mm. the hospital can't discharge her back home because nobody's there to look af- after her the retirement homes don't want her because she's too much care right there's in the province of ontario thirty-four thousand uh waiting lists for long-term care that's a lot of people yeah uh so we find in select markets high-end markets uh where the where the residents pay the families pay six or seven thousand dollars a month uh that that is a huge demand so that's what we do so it's all dedicated to uh uh to, to the, the residents with dementia
1: yeah, and alzheimer's yeah speaking personally i know my uh, my grandfather he's actually in a situation where he's having some uh dementia and other situations like that and he, w- he was in the hospital and they have to and it's similar to memory care facilities where they have to enclose you in the space so you can't go outside because sometimes when they have bad cases of dementia or alzheimer's you don't want to be running into traffic yeah, or running wander, outside yeah, so that exactly. the hospitals they keep them locked not locked in I still able to move around but on a floor which is dedicated for that use and that's the same with memory care often you'll find a even a floor of memory care in in a senior's housing facility which is dedicated to it and locked and 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 secured yeah Yeah. exactly exactly um so just uh, speaking to the process from from going from actually buying the investment uh, and taking it through the zoning into actually operating it how were you able to sort of is is it government backed the programs that are in place right now to get these beds filled, or what's the process for going out and filling these units up or these properties up uh, after uh, after building them out?
2: Yeah. Well, first of all, uh, none of what we're building all over uh, uh, North America is uh, government subsidized. None of it. Okay. None. No, no. Well, in Alberta, it's a little bit of care yeah, subsidy, right. mm-hmm. but uh, we're primarily in the private. What they call the private pay. Okay. So the governments don't get involved. Like for instance, if your uh, grandma wants to go into uh, a long-term care facility, she has to go to the government and mm. get on a list there. So mm-hmm. w- we're not involved in government lists and all that's all private pay.
0: You can't operate long-term care without going through the government, is yeah, that? Yeah. That's right. Okay. They regulate uh uh what what
1: have has the government given any subsidies to incentivize building of more senior space at least? Like you know how they They used to do
2: that in Alberta, but yeah. Uh, Alberta they can't, can't they can't af- they can't afford it anymore. So um they just p- subsidize the care in Alberta. Hmm. Um, the building of the space. Yeah, but the the developer has to um do the rest.
1: What are the most what mar- what sorry what markets are you most heavily invested in right now and what are you which markets are you looking at right now? At Burlington you mentioned is one of them, uh, yep. and where you see the most opportunity for seniors.
2: Well, for MTCO, we uh, we have projects going in Barry. Uh, we just, as I said, we just completed a lease up in Bowmanville, and we're just completing a lease up in Collingwood. We have a project about to shovel-ready in uh, Stony Creek. Nice. We have projects in Oakville, Burlington, <laughs> Keswick. Yeah, all over the place. Yeah, there yeah. you go. Uh, <laughs> Subbury. Uh, we have a great site in Subbury. So, um, uh, you know, we're opportunity-driven. Yeah. You know, so if a broker comes in and then we look, oh, is there a market there? We immediately go to CBRE. How deep is the market? Is mm-hmm. there an unmet need? And if there is, we get all
0: over it. And uh, we start the process. Okay, and and there's a there seems to be a little bit of an amalgamate, like um, uh, a big acqu- acquisition front for Chartwell and a lot of these other groups. Why yeah, I w- when
2: I did Chartwell in 2003, uh, the play was we were uh, I, we were the biggest consolidator of the ma's and paws all over Canada. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. Uh, quite frankly, those days are gone because everything has been consolidated. You know, only what's left, for instance. We talked about Tridell, They have a nice portfolio. But that's a family company, and they, uh, they want to pass that down to their kids. Sifton Properties, another mm-hmm. company I got in, um, involved in uh, senior housing, mm. same thing. They have a portfolio of senior housing, uh, and uh, they uh, want to f- hand it down to their kids. So we, uh, the, the, Shalei- lo- the, the London the Sifton Group? Yeah, they yeah, want okay. it, yeah. Schlegel's are another family-owned company. So all of those portfolios, which are beautiful assets... Aren't really for sale, so mm. you see in uh, some of Chartwell's press releases that they'll, they'll announce that they've they bought one home, 100, <laughs> right. 100 units. Because those those days are gone. There are you know there are uh, pockets, but the the I, I think uh, in the senior housing business, the consolidation opportunity is over. W- what's happened, and I called this uh, way back in 2003, yeah. was the securitization of senior housing. Mm-hmm. And not only through public mar- uh, public companies like Chartwell and Sienna and Extended Care, uh, but the pension plans, s- you know, since um, uh, I did Chartwell, uh, have been active. So, for instance, Amica is owned by teachers. Rivera is owned by uh, a uh, PSC uh, pension fund. So, you you see the pension funds getting involved, and that's what I call the securitization of of the uh, of the f- retirement sector.
1: In, the, in B.C., there was the big transaction in the retirement space with a lot of Chinese-based capital coming into the country. Uh, have we seen that same trend of, let's say, m- hundreds of millions or billion-dollar transactions in other provinces, or do you think that that will start to be a trend going forward with foreign capital coming in?
2: Well, the last big acquisition was the teachers bought Amica, and that was mm. the, the, the last of the big ones. Um, I don't uh, you know we we do a lot with uh the Chinese community but it's uh, high net worth uh, individual individuals right. mm-hmm. uh a Canadian uh who invest with us through a company uh Saski Capital owns 50% called Chancery. Kay. And uh we work with uh various strategic development partners and we have a seniors department in Oshawa, we have another one we're starting in Bradford and and uh, so we have we're working with the Chinese community, which were are very, very loyal, and they understand good deals. And I have a great CEO, Jessica Zong, who uh, runs mm. that, and she's a force to be reckoned with. So <laughs> we're really delighted that uh, we've teamed up with Jessica a few years back. Okay. Um. She didn't go to
1: Ivy. <laughs> oh, <laughs> come on. <laughs> are you seeing any trend toward privatization of senior housing REITs? Like, uh, like existing secured or easily liquid? Uh Companies that are traded on the public markets becoming private. Do you see that being a trend going forward? Um,
2: we're actually working on uh, uh, on our p- uh, on our um, w- with a private group from Spain who are very interested in in acquiring brand new state of their facilities. So we, mm-hmm. we see that that's not pension funds. It's right. uh, 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 and it's not uh, the Chartwells and Siena's public money. Or so it's uh, w- we're seeing a lot of people want to get into this space because. Everybody's got experience like your grandfather, right? So mm-hmm. everybody right.
0: knows, right? And and then uh like what are the biggest trends that you see like over the next five years? I mean, if more and more people have a need for seniors housing, um, is there gonna be some sort of breaking point? Is there like what what should we expect to see in the next couple years?
2: Um Well, as I say, there's a whole bunch of barriers to entry and getting into the sector, which is right. good. The big guys like Chartwell, uh, they have a pretty active uh, development program, often situated in uh, expansions. uh, I bought a chain while I was in uh, Chartwell, and uh, they were a long-term care chain, and they had land next door for retirement homes, so Chartwell's kind of filling those out, and they have a very active program in the province of Quebec, Mm. um, and they have some very innovative uh, projects going downtown Toronto. So uh but development is uh is is highly entrepreneurial. You have to be able to turn on a dime yeah and these bigger companies can't really turn on a dime that quickly and uh, so there's all, all kinds of opportunities for uh, companies my size to to get in there and tie up a broad. the hardest thing in senior housing finding the land yeah if you you know if you find the land that's in a great location near a hospital near um uh, pharmacies and uh, and it's uh, and it's quaint and the seniors, right? And, and it's near where the eldest daughter lives. And uh, you got a gold mine, right? So and those, and s- those things are hard to find. Because usually a
0: condo builder wants to yeah. get in there first <laughs> and thinks they could pay the world, the world. You know. And is that kin- Is that what you find? Like, can they pay substantially more than sometimes? If there's okay. the market, a condo market's hot. That kind of takes out
1: of you but oftentimes uh markets that you're looking at like you're talking about markets that are not traditionally condo markets let's say Keswick you mentioned before yeah. i wouldn't consider Keswick. not too many condos in Keswick yeah a condo development market um so it looks like that no, but we're, d-
2: we're doing a site in uh in uh, oakville which was a condo site and uh um, whereabouts the is that
1: uh, or is it, uh, currently confi- pretty confidential okay. but okay. uh Right it,
2: it uh the g- the developer was getting a lot of uh negative feedback to by from the neighbors mm-hmm. but the neighbors en- ended up loving the uh, cuz senior housing is like motherhood eh? everybody's got a mother who's getting right. old and so mm-hmm. uh uh that, that that's a good
1: thing right so you have less mm. NIMBYism mm. Yes. than you would <laughs> exactly. right otherwise exactly <laughs> There you go. Um, so you obviously, you've talked about being opportunistic with a lot of your plays in the senior space and with starting uh, co- ventures and companies when you thought were at the right time to do so, like try well or like involving yourselves with, uh, with Dell Manor, etc. cetera. Um, so being an entrepreneur and having that entrepreneurial background, what made you want to, to sort of become an entrepreneur? Why uh, and why was uh, it? Was that also an opportunistic thing? Just it happened to happen. Or was I think I've
2: always been an, optru- uh, 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 an entrepreneur. When I was a boy scout, I, I figured out the best place to sell apples on Apple Day was uh, <laughs> at the bus depot. Yeah. And I used to win the the bo- the axe every year. That's what you win uh, an axe.
1: Okay. Selling most
2: apples, so I was always entrepreneurial right from the get go. Right. When I was in the NBA at Ivy, uh, there weren't too many of us, and this was in uh, in. Uh, 75 s- uh, to 77. There weren't yeah. too many There's of us two were, uh, There two classes there. Well, there were four at the time. So okay. Four sections. Okay. It was a two-year program. Right. Uh, there weren't too many entrepreneurs in the room. Yeah. There was a couple, but... Uh, so, but... Uh, I just uh, have it in my... You know, I don't mind taking risks. I can measure risks. And that's why we're doing solar farms in Poland. We just enter- mm-hmm. entered into a... Uh, a deal with uh renewable natural gas uh, developer, which are great returns i can't believe so we have invested in a whole bunch of different things
0: can you can we dive a little bit deeper into that as well uh, the solar farms what
2: well, when i was uh working uh, in the r- my early days in real estate investment banking uh, a friend of mine uh, we worked together became buds and that's another thing I, I would say to. Any young kids is that work your networks mm-hmm. because that's really really important. He ended up in Poland. C- he became very interested in uh, solar farms in uh, Poland. I right. financed them, and uh, now we're about to uh, build about 200 megawatts of uh, solar farms. Well, it was it was a long haul. I was going to say effing haul. <laughs> <laughs> you can. You can. No, we're not a correct,
1: correct podcast here. But so uh, <laughs>
2: finally the Polish government uh, passed legislation and we just won uh, uh, a whole bunch of contracts, 15-year contracts with the uh, utilities that they were buy our electricity. So it's just about to uh, really take off. So we're really happy about that. So but h- h- why did I get involved with him? Because a, he was a buddy of mine, seemed to have a good idea. The uh, investment treatise made sense and uh, we invest it S-
1: so interesting. Like you are not just a real estate owner you've also been an operator in seniors where it's a lot more hands-on uh, so you have a lot more experience than I'd say someone in just owning a multifamily property right uh, f- so how d- would you apply that real estate experience to something like Polsky Solar uh, and now it's I believe what the largest yeah. solar development company well in it's easy Poland? because
2: uh, it's exactly what we're doing so we have to uh, Find a piece of land that's kind of facing mm. the sun, mm. and uh, g- get it zoned, take it through the environmental approvals, uh, g- get it uh, connections to the grid. So it's just like a it's just like a any kind of senior or, se- or any kind of real estate development. Right. And then you build. It takes four months, and you're and then you're uh, cash flowing right off the bat. You know. So uh, after you get win the auction to get the contract for 15 years, and that took us time, but now. Uh, we could win them at, uh, at our leisure now, so we're feeling pretty good about that investment huh. so that's uh and the same with uh renewable natural gas it's the same thing we built you know it's a real estate process you got to take it through zoning and all the approvals and then and at the end of the day it, it generates uh cash flow and just
0: and, away. and just to speak to the scale of two hundred megawatts, how many Know acres would that be? Of, uh, I don't know how many acres it would be, but
2: uh, it would be about uh, 300 million of enterprise value.
1: Okay, wow. All right, uh, is and uh, is One Energy how exactly did that transaction happen with One Energy? Is that ta- am I saying that name no, correctly? No, yeah.
2: we we actually just killed the One Energy deal oh, okay, uh, recently <laughs> because it, uh, okay, so I so yeah, release yeah. No, 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 just no. wanted
1: to check, okay, yep. um. So in terms of running a public company, because you're, you're running it at Chartwell uh, when you founded it, I'm I'm imagining, versus running a private company at Susky Capital, what are the differences in the two in terms of how you had to sort of lead the companies and in terms of how they operated? Uh,
2: well, in a public companies, and, and uh, we were, you know, I was involved in uh, four IPOs. One was... Uh, uh, Metro Capital Corporation, which was uh, in early days. It was uh, senior, it was uh, apartments and seniors. And uh, we took that one out with a partner of mine. And it was just a $90 million dollar raise, small t- in today's standards. Was so the mm-hmm. idea was to get 10 pension funds, $9 million dollars apiece. And then we got one pension fund, which is a case to Poe who wanted to take the whole mm-hmm. thing. And my partner didn't want to be in, in bed with one pension fund. So Big gorilla uh, in the room. Yeah, so he... <laughs> Decided to uh, not do that one, and uh, so we went our separate ways, and then I did uh, uh, Chartwell. I subsequently uh, tried another one called Renaissance, which morphed into Rigo mm-hmm. and we d- we were successful with Rigo which uh,
0: went out at 10, and we sold to Rivera at 12, so that was uh, successful. Can you, uh, do you mind walking us through a little bit about how that process works? So it's, h- like, how many, you have a certain number of buildings and a certain you know market value of assets under management and then you go like how if i want to start a REIT today how am i doing that
2: um well w- it's primarily as i say using your network so when i started chartwell i began i made it a point to go and talk with all the other owners and uh and and get my name out there right and uh so uh, uh people were they knew who Steve, Steve Susky was, and uh, and so people and they still come to us with, you know, with projects. Yeah, and uh, so we just started to uh, say, well, okay, oh, if we had this portfolio and that one, and all of a sudden, oh, we have a a two hundred million dollar market cap deal we could do here. Let's tie them all up, and let's g- find a uh, uh, an investment banker. Um, and uh, and let's, let's go with it. So that, that's how it all happens. So.
1: so you'd always have a pool of assets. That was never a blind pool raise or anything like that. Where you'd have no, no,
2: no you and you have to have uh, sources and use, and mm-hmm. uh, you, you need to uh, have the projects tied, tied up, up yeah. under contract. And then you have to go through a lot of work. You have to get uh, CBRE appraisals, you have to get uh, three years audited financial statements, you have to get envir- pension environmental. Mm-hmm. uh you know the whole crew so when you go to market and
0: you've got everything uh, buttoned down and uh, so these are portfolios that you y- you're ti- when you say you tied them up like they're under contract for many yeah, i months tied, I they're tied they're them up and we tied them you know
1: how many assets does that for that let's say the initial chart well raise how many assets I, would I that don't have really been forget
2: 250? now but it was uh, quite a we, we brought a few with us okay uh, I bought a company uh, called alert care uh, from TD capital. And, uh, that was a big, big part of the portfolio. And then we yeah. had a whole bunch of onesies and twosies and, and we built the company like that. Okay.
0: Interesting. I, I'm, I'm also, um, so obviously I work at Collier's and you mentioned CBRE has a great seniors housing division. Um, is there anything like we, is there anything missing in seniors housing? Like w- that should be provided by like a, a brokerage or something like that? Like I'm just kind of thinking.
2: Um, mm, that's a good question. Uh, you know, you want me to put on my broker hat? Yeah, absolutely. Um, what really uh, I mean, what we like brokers who uh, kind of get our vision and uh, and spend some time with us and understand what we're looking for. Right. And it's a high dialogue kind of thing. So if we say we're looking for a site in Burlington, as I said before, um, you know, we want them to be not throwing a bunch of shit at the wall. We want them to, uh, you know, kind of say, "Okay, Qualified I got a great opportunity on Maine yeah. and main and uh, you know, what if I brought you that and all that kind of stuff." So, uh, we like intermediaries that kind of uh, are thinkers and movers and shakers and uh, understand what we're looking for and can work with us in, in tying up and have good relationships with the vendors, because uh, mm. often it's the uh, intermediary who uh, can cut, the, can make the vendor feel confident that. You know, uh, MTCO or Susky Capital have got the resources to close on the deal, right. et cetera, et cetera. So it's a confidence game to a certain extent. Okay.
1: Uh, just going back to the uh, the public versus private thing. Did uh, go. the sorry, there we go. Okay. So when you were a RE, was that actually limiting to you in any way, uh, not yeah, being I, I, private? Know, that, that
2: the the uh, the whole notion of a. Mean, I mean, I'm so happier now in being in a, pri- a private company, working with uh, strategic development partners who are private, uh, than uh, than public boards. I mean, that I mean the the boards have a fiduciary responsibility to the investors, but um, they, you know, it's not the milieu that I, I feel comfortable in. Because you have to make especially in development you know, as I said before, you got to turn on a dime, you gotta mm-hmm. be um, yeah, so uh I think mm-hmm. public companies are a great uh, uh opportunity for people to to manage the homes like pure opcos mm-hmm. uh but the dev goes uh you know they don't really and they don't really have the expertise nor the entrepreneurial uh, view of things to to make things happen create value
1: you don't see a lot of uh, developers there's natural developers go public like you don't if you look at the No, uh, the well TSX there's uh
2: there's too much uh, there's too much juice in the deals and <laughs> you know like and we won't get out of bed for for a retirement home that we can't make 10 million bucks so
1: what type of yields do you look for like what type of investment yields are you looking for we you look it all investors? comes down
2: to creative value or uh, we take the uh, what we think we could get from the big guys is six cap, six and a a quarter cap, on stabilized NOI. And then we look at uh, what what we could bring it in at. Mm -hmm. And uh, that results in what we call created value. Remember that term from Ivy. And uh, so that's the juice that's in the deal. So um,
1: So are you guys targeting, like I know on condo projects, like if you're doing a buying an income producing apartment, you're looking at, let's say, like a 4%, 3% cash on cash right now in today's market and maybe a 10% IRR but if you're buying like a a value-add you can go like 12 to 15 and and on development it's got to be like 18 plus so what are you guys typically looking for because seniors is a bit uh, I'd say more risky in some ways and and less in some ways than a a, um, condo project because you don't have that defined exit of a pre-sale but uh, sorry are you doing a uh, bit of a premium to that call it 18 to 20% yield that condo developers we're doing
2: better than 18 to 20% IRRs on our deals.
1: Okay. <laughs> just okay. Let's <laughs> just leave it at that. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> yeah,
2: we're doing. You know. Uh, yeah. So. And uh, so, yeah, that, that's a, that's a good business to be in.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Hmm. And that's just not in Ontario. It's all we're finding that all over, North America, really. Um. So we're making, those kind of returns all over the place.
0: And y- are you guys? Mm-hmm. I guess you guys are operating. In the US, and uh, like which different markets are you in across the border?
2: Um, well, it, it all goes back to partners. I so have a very good partner called Les Craig, uh, who is uh, a company called Avenir,
0: and we've been doing business for what time is it? Sorry, you got I think you got a hard stop in about two minutes. So I do. Okay, we'll, we'll wrap we'll you see. up here. We'll, uh, uh
2: so uh, 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 Les Craig uh, is, um, I was. We were involved with him in the in the Lower Mainland in British Columbia. Mm-hmm. Okay. And uh, he moved down to uh, Arizona, and we're building in California, Nevada, Arizona memory care down right.
0: there. Right. So uh, that's the kind of stuff we're doing. Okay. Uh, this is a question that we do with all our guests, and so first off, I want to say uh, thanks so much for your time. Um, do you have? Is there anything that people should be paying attention to or focusing on that you guys are working on? Um, more eyeballs from brokers, from, um, like, I don't know, in terms of people sending you opportunities? or Like, is there anything that you want to to draw attention
2: to? Well, well we're always looking for land. Land is the hardest thing, you know. And we could give you an answer real quick. If you brought us something in, let's say, Kitchener, where we know it's kind of overbuilt. Got it. And we could tell you real quick, Kitchener is overbuilt. Uh, But if you brought us something in, uh, we know, for example... If you brought us a, another deal in Bowmanville, we'd say, you know, that we just built one and we're happy. You know, we don't. There's no more room That's in the market, so mm-hmm. we can get back to you real quick. Okay. And so we're looking for developing relationships with brokers. I mean, it's all it. It all comes down to relationships. Yeah. You? If we treat you fairly. You're going to treat us fairly, and and yeah. if we're responsive,
0: you'll appreciate that. Okay. Um. And then and then just to to sum it up, uh, or to finish it off. Sorry. Um. This is a question we call the three truths. So. Uh, It's a little existential, but (laughs) I'd be (laughs) in philosophy. So Uh, (laughs) okay, (laughs) yeah, yeah, okay. Uh, So imagine years from now. uh, Imagine you live till 120 years old, and you achieve everything. Yeah, (laughs) you achieve everything that you ever wanted to, and I mean got it I mean it seems like you you already have but even more um, and your kids and your grandchildren and everybody's around you um, but it's your last day and for whatever reason uh, all of the interviews that you've done all of the books that you've written uh, they're all they're all gone and you have three short notes that you can pass on to the people who love you what would you put on those notes
2: I would say uh, have fun, work hard and uh, and and love your family i mean that's really what it's all about i mean uh, here at Suske capital if you walk around they're either my kids or my in-laws or or my you know that we're we're a family business so uh right so a uh, part of the succession plan for me is is to uh, uh is to uh help the kids uh, understand the business and take it take it on to the next to the next level so
0: okay. awesome
1: Thank you
0: so much. Thank you. Thanks, Steve. Hey, this is the end of the podcast. Thank you so much for listening. As always, if this podcast brings you any value, if you found it interesting at all, please let us know. Let us know what you liked. We'd love to hear from you. Have a great day.